Nicolas Cage becomes a gun-toting Batman in Kick-Ass, and it's amazing. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today we are continuing with day two of 12 Days of Cage, and today I'm talking about Kick-Ass. And in particular, um, I'll talk generally about the movie, but I mainly am going to focus on why Nick Cage is such a good fit for it. So yeah, this one came out in 2010, so over, it's hard to believe, over 11 years ago. And it was probably most noteworthy at the time for the breakout performance from Chloe, Cra- uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, as Hit Girl, and also the director Matthew Vaughn, who had had a number of fairly successful uh, other movies that hadn't really gotten off the ground, but this one was a certifiable hit, and he allowed him to, you know, do things like produce Rocket Man and also to uh, direct uh, direct the Kingsman movies that came out, and kind of this started to help solidify his approach to action and and things like that. So. What is the movie? So what is the movie is Kick-Ass, and the general premise of the movie is that basically a teenage kid decides that he is a teenage kid decides that he's going to become an, an honest goodness superhero, and his first encounter d- uh, goes very poorly. But his first encounter goes very poorly. But his second encounter, uh, he's put in the hospital. He's put in the ICU. And all of this stuff uh, but his second encounter goes better thanks in part to a high pain threshold and all a high pain threshold and he's just able to keep a bunch of guys at bay uh, even though he has no real fighting skills so but uh, doing that makes him something of a phenomenon and also puts him in the crosshairs of the mafia who are being undermined by big daddy and hit girl who are a father-daughter tandem that are basically just lethal version a lethal version of Batman and Robin complete with guns and everything else and Nick Cage plays Big Daddy and plays the father character to Chloe Grace Moretz and he is such a perfect fit with this out of this world movie because Big Daddy needs to be it's a weird it needs to be strange that's the whole point Um, I think Matthew Vaughn found kind of the sincere soul in what is a very, very dark comic book by Mark Millar. It's a very cynical comic book. Um, Seems to hate its own genre in many ways, but Vaughn seems to find heart in it and in kind of avoids the big turns and avoids some of the the big turns in it. So, and so what's nice is that, you know, when we're first introduced to Nick Cage, it's classic Nick Cage. We're introduced to him by shooting his daughter. (laughs) who's wearing Kevlar so she gets used to how it feels. <laughs> and, and he just says stuff like, oh, child, as he raises a gun at her and shoots. And that's the kind of thing you want Nick Cage for. Now, and so all of his scenes where he's just playing the dad figure are fantastic, especially with, against Chloe Grace Moretz, who is just playing everything with childlike wonder. And he's just very much this kind of doting dad figure to her. So that all that all works really, really well. The other reason it works so well is that his big daddy voice is like reminiscent of Adam West's Batman. And he did not, apparently, he did not tell anybody he was going to do that until he just did it. 
and it's so stilted and like it's so performative and odd and it works so well because you can tell this guy is not used to actually talking he's used to just doing and so and he even gets a big action highlight as he you know takes down an entire warehouse worth of goons all with just lethal efficiency and when i say that he is like a lethal version of batman that's basically what his suit is he looks like a swat guy cape and everything but he's he wields shotguns and grenades and pistols and just destroys this entire mafia hideout so that's that's what it is and um i am gonna do a bit of a spoiler thing because i think there's a number of things that this movie does very very well and some of that includes how he passes and just ultimate reveals and changes that they make so if this sounds intriguing to you and i hope it does if and if you haven't seen the film already this is this is your point where you can go off and you'd be like all right let's take a look at this r-rated <laughs> ridiculous uh superhero movie so there's two things that I think that this movie does very well, especially around Nick Cage. And the first is that, first off, they play into everything that he does so well. So he can he can be the silly dad in some moments. He can also be the serious dad. And then he also gets to be kind of a weirdo superhero type. And he does all of that very, very well. But they also don't undercut him like they do in the comic book. So in the comic book when Big Daddy is eventually captured and is beaten within an inch of his life and, and then eventually killed, he is basically what they, they allude to that he has basically constructed this narrative. What we find out is that these criminals are responsible for his wife's death and he, is, he, is, he and his daughter are exacting vengeance on them accordingly. So that's what's going on. But what we... But in the comic book, it's basically said that, oh, this is just something that the dad made up to give his little girl and him his own life meaning, to develop a bond between them. And he essentially stole her childhood. Now, he still technically did that, but he stole her childhood for no reason. And so the movie doesn't even do that. It's, it's just like, no, it's just very straightforward. He, he has, you know, he, he, the crime boss is directly responsible for his wife's death. And, and all of that and this guy did used to be an undercover police officer who, so hence why he still has connection in the police force uh, who tries she's keeps trying to tell him not to do this and his death is also more heroic even though it is like the it, it's so weird because it's played up so much but it works so well so to give you context he is he and Kickass are both uh, Big Daddy and Kickass are captured. They're both beaten within an inch of their life, and then, and then basically Hit Girl comes in and starts taking out all of the captors. And despite being in immense pain and even being on fire, he is screaming out instructions to Hit Girl to basically give her all of the everything that she needs you know, all of the directions that she needs to take everybody out. And the way that he screams as it does it is just in the music. It's actually really emotional and effective. And he barely has, you know, he's barely alive when she's at finally able, able to put the flames out over him. And it's kind of amazing. And that's why it works so well is because I don't know if other actors would just go for it the way that Cage does in this particular movie. Because I think with a few exceptions, most actors are at least somewhat self-conscious about how they come across, and so they don't want to overplay anything. Now, there's a handful of actors that have that reputation, like Pacino, for instance, 
or even De Niro back in the day. Um, he's always a bit more subdued now. So it's this like kind of overplayed, not even overplayed, just very melodramatic style of acting that Cage is really, really good at. And it, it, you know, he handles the subtle moments as well, where he just needs to be gruff and intimidating and also just be a weirdo dad. Like you need him to be a bit off. And <laughs> that's exactly what he is. And he's still committed to the part. And that's what it is. Like, I, I think it's it's so weird to say, it's not weird to say, but I think the, the difficulty with parts like this is that there might be other actors that would be good at it, but the thing about Cage is that he seems to handle every single role like this, no matter how campy and stupid and strange it might be, a hundred percent sincerely. And you actually, and so you, and so you immediately f like miss his presence once he's gone, and he, you know, you feel the loss of his character, and that's one of the things that's so great about it. So. Like I said, if you haven't seen Kick-Ass yet, I highly recommend it. It is kind of an R-rated romp and has, it, 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 like I said, it is better, in my opinion, than the source material because it is sincere. It's like, hey, these people wanted to do a good thing and it's just trying to, you know, as opposed to just being kind of a cynical takedown of the genre. So, and of course... Nick Cage is involved, so what could be better? So thank you so much for listening, everybody. If you have suggestions, I've already gotten at least one on a Nick Cage movie you'd like me to discuss, please let me know. And uh, as always, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.